Easter joy, Easter victory to you and our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our meditation on this happy day is taken from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28. Listen again to verse 2. Matthew tells us, And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. So far, our text. The sermon this morning begins with a little cartoon. Peppermint Patty has a question for Charlie Brown. She asks, What surprises you most about this coronavirus, Charlie Brown? And Charlie answers, It has done what no woman has been able to do. Cancel all sports, close down all bars, and keep men at home. As usual, Charlie Brown is right on the money, isn't he? Just about everything these days is canceled or closed. Here's a list of closures that I came up with just off the top of my head. Grade schools, high schools, colleges, major league college, high school sports, the Olympics, the Kentucky Derby, the Masters, Wimbledon, Disneyland, Kohl's, TJ Maxx, shopping malls, restaurants, taverns, casinos, elective surgery clinics, dentists, optometrists, massage parlors, hair and nail salons, golf courses, Yosemite, Yellowstone, all Minnesota state campgrounds, libraries, churches, and the United States Hockey Hall of Fame. And good luck trying to visit a nursing home or an emergency room. It's not going to happen. Everything remains COVID closed, except for essential businesses, which include, oddly enough, Starbucks, liquor stores, and Fisherman's Corner. I can't get a decent haircut, but if I need a frappuccino or a dozen fathead minnows, I'm all that everything's closed. 2,000 years ago, before the first Easter morning dawned, the disciples were dealing with a closure too. A Good Friday virus had ravaged a cross-studded hilltop just outside of Jerusalem with violent results. Three men were dead, and one of those men was Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, Peter, James, John, and the rest of the disciples, they found themselves where? You guessed it, behind closed doors. They were sheltering and shivering in place. They had self-quarantined themselves, you see, with no plans to make a target run anytime soon. Why the locked doors? These grown men were afraid that the same contagion that killed Jesus would make them a statistic, too. In fact, John's Gospel tells us that the doors were locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. The disciples were afraid. They feared that they were next in line on the hit list of high priest Caiaphas. They were afraid. And you know what? Watching a crucifixion will do that. To a person. Those grown men were terrified that they were standing next to death's door. 
And isn't that why you are afraid this morning, too? One of the most contagious aspects of COVID-19 is fear. This virus spreads fear extremely well. And there are so many things to be afraid of now, aren't there? What is happening to our economy is, is terrifying. And it trickles down into one anxiety after the other. Jobs, livelihoods, employment, necessities, food, medications, rent, mortgages, 401ks, and, and what life will be like once the curve goes away. This thing breeds fear like nobody's business. But the one COVID fear, the greatest COVID fear, the one terror that stands head and shoulders above the rest, of which no one is immune, is the fear that you or someone you love will find themselves standing at death's door too. You've seen the gruesome pictures on television and on online. We all have. The pictures of this virus and, and its harvest, it plays no favorites, does it? What you fear most of all, it's just like the disciples, is the sound of death's door closing behind you. So how do you handle that? How can you live with that kind of fear constantly in the background, constantly in back of your mind? Of course, the experts on television and online have the answer, don't they? And if I've seen this once, I've seen it a dozen times in the past weeks. Their cure for fear, anxiety, and stress, it's always the same. It always has the same three steps, and here they are. Step one, they say, practice yoga. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, any kind of exercise will have positive effects uh, physically, emotionally, you know, on your state of mind. That's true. But if I'm worried about death touching my life or the life of someone I love, downward dog is not the answer. Step number two from the experts is this. Combat fear, they say, with meditation. Find some pictures of the vacation you took last summer with your family and meditate upon them. Really? Don't you think that would just heighten your anxiety all the more? I'll just say this. Why not try prayer instead? And not once in these weeks have I heard these experts mention prayer. And lastly, the experts will tell you that you can put your fears behind you by practicing mindfulness. Well, mindfulness is supposedly, and I looked this up, here's the definition, the ability to be fully present in the moment without judgment and is based upon Buddhist, Zen, and Tibetan meditation techniques. How exactly is that kind of New Age psychobabble supposed to alleviate my fear of death? It won't. And did you notice that all three of those steps depend on you, your actions, your power to overcome fear? That's never going to happen. You're not strong enough to do that. I'm not strong enough to do that. There is only one who has overcome not only 
death's fear, but death itself. His name is Jesus Christ, and he did it on this day, this morning. Everything might be closed in our world, but I'm telling you, Easter will never close. For this is the day that Jesus Christ did something about death's door once and forever, once and for all. Listen to this text. An angel of the Lord descended from heaven and rolled back the stone and sat on it. How cool is that? Once Jesus takes your sins upon himself on Good Friday, using his human body to suffer God's just punishment for every sin attached to your resume, when the saving work was done, when Jesus gasped, it is finished from the cross, his humanity and his death have served their purpose. In other words, on Good Friday, Jesus does something about your sin. But on today, Easter morning, he does something about death for you. He blows death out of the water. Look at how small death becomes on this day. I mean, Jesus has so completely conquered death that God doesn't even bother to roll the stone away from his son's tomb himself. No, he sends a lackey. He sends one of his heavenly minions. He sends an angel to do it. And the angel touches that horrible rock, that putrid grave plug, with the tip of his little angelic finger, and death's door rolls down the hill. Death's door takes a hike. The door of death is not a problem anymore. Not for Jesus, not for you, not for me, not for anyone who loves him and calls on his name. Okay, I want to tell you a little story now. It's Easter, you're Lutheran, so the story will be about Martin Luther. Here's how it goes. Most Reformation scholars agree that Luther wrote his famous hymn, A Mighty Fortress, in the year 1527 or perhaps 1528 which is also when the bubonic plague, or Black Death, decimated Europe, killing 50 million people, which was 60% of the entire population. When the plague arrived at Wittenberg, Germany, Luther, along with his wife Katie, who was pregnant at the time, decided to stay and help the sick as they were able. And, and many of Luther's friends you know, gave him the advice to leave town, and many of the wealthy did. But Luther and Katie stayed. Ahead of his time, Luther actually practiced social distancing and described it with these words. He said, I shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed in order not to become contaminated and thus perchance infect and pollute others, and so cause their death as a result of my negligence. If my neighbor needs me, however, I shall not avoid place or person, but will go freely. Martin and Katie survived the plague, but they also witnessed the death of many of their friends and their neighbors and the members of their church. It was one funeral after another, and in the aftermath of all of that, all of that death, that's when Luther most likely wrote his great hymn. 
listen to these words from the last verse of that hymn. Luther wrote this, he said, And take they our life, goods, fame, child, and wife, though these all be gone, our victory has been won, the kingdom ours remaineth. How did Luther do that? How in the world, after what Luther had experienced, could he write such faithful and powerful and inspiring work? The answer is Easter. For Luther would also write these words, and I'll use my Luther voice here. He said, Know ye then, sin, death, devil, and everything that assails me, that you are missing the mark. I am not afraid of you. My sin and death hung around my dear Lord's neck on Good Friday. But on the day of Easter, they had completely disappeared. This victory he has bestowed on me. This is why I do not worry about you. I know that you are afraid. I'm afraid for myself and for my loved ones. But don't you see, death's door is nothing to fear anymore. Blown off its hinges, rolled down the hill and out of sight. Death has been destroyed. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. On this day, Jesus took the worst possible thing that this world could ever do to you, and he took it off the table. Death's door is gone. And the way to eternal life, the way to heaven for you, that way is wide open. Alleluia. Amen. And the peace of our risen Savior, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.